Shabbat Shalom, everyone. What a week last week, huh? Man, those scrolls were amazing. I'm still just like, wow, what a deal. And so we took that gift that they gave us, we hung it in our office. And uh, Pastor Josh and myself, we spent quite a bit of time securing that to the wall. It was in my office on the floor for the week that, uh, that preceded before we were able to get it up on the wall. Oh, I just thought to myself, if we kick that or knock it over or whatever, it's going to be a crying shame. So we finally were able to get it up and secure it. It's just beautiful. Just thanking God for that. His word is everything to us. All right, so I am in um, part three in a series on my Shavuot Pentecost series. And today we're going to look at Ephesians 6, and I've entitled this Standing Against Evil. What does it mean to stand against evil, stand against anything? Just what does it mean to stand, right? How do we apply that in our lives? In the second and the greater exodus, the one that we're in, we too must ready ourselves like our ancestors for conflict. Today's regimes and today's gods will not let us go without a battle. So we have to learn how and when to fight. You see, freedom is the great promise of God to all who believe in him. So today we're going to take a closer look at spiritual warfare and what it means to take a stand against evil. Ephesians 6 verse 10 It says, finally, receive your power from the Lord and from his mighty strength. Put on the armor of God or put on all the armor of God that God supplies. In this way, you can take a stand against the devil's strategies. Power. You and I, we're going to need power in order to take a stand against the enemy. Because the enemy has power. The devil has power. The fallen angels have power. The demonic realm has power. And the only way to break through that is with a greater power. That's the only way to find freedom. This is a power conflict, if you will. So, how do we acquire power, right? It says that this power comes from the Lord. So how do you and I receive this power that comes from the Lord? We have to spend time with God. We have to do that daily. Spend time daily with God. In the morning, over a cup of joe, Jesus likes coffee. I discovered that a long time ago. Over your coffee time, get up early before you go to work. Set that time aside. Spend it with the Lord. Spend time talking to Him, praying to Him, devoting yourself to Him. And in doing so, you will receive power from His presence. It'll fill you. It'll empower you and me. This is what it means to receive power from the Lord. Now, now the world is very, 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 very subtle in its attack on our time, right? It clamors for our time. It wants to take up all of our time. What is it that keeps us 
from really pressing into the Lord. Isn't it the cares of this world? Just the busyness of life, all the stuff that competes for our time. And if you and I don't schedule by principle and discipline ourselves to have that time with the Lord, it's going to slip by us. We're not going to have that time. And we're not going to have that power. And when the conflicts come, we're not going to overcome. And you can't wait for the conflict to come. you got to prepare ahead of time in order to overcome. So we do that by being in His Word daily. Proverbs 8, 14. I have counsel. This is the spirit of wisdom. Listen to this. This is so important. The Lord would have us to know this. He says, I have counsel and sound knowledge. I have understanding. I have might and power. Another proverb says this, a wise man is strong and a man of knowledge strengthens his power. A man of knowledge strengthens or increases his power. Knowledge is power. That's, that's why within uh, Israel, within the Jewish people, there's this huge value for education. Everyone understands this. And education empowers you and me to be free and to be prosperous. Without a powerful education, we get robbed of what God has intended for us. Knowledge is power. And that comes from the Lord. One of the ways we receive that is through a solid education. And I'm telling you right now, it's so important as parents to make sure our kids get a solid education. And you can do that homeschooling. You can do that in a private school. You can even do that in a public school. But make sure they get a solid education. You know, years ago they opened up, and I know it's always tricky. You know, the state, you have to always just be on your toes. But um, years ago, they opened up this program for homeschoolers because there's so many homeschoolers. Uh, and so they opened up a, 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 a program called, I think, Options. Do they still call it Options today? But it's where you get, as a homeschooling uh, co-op or homeschoolers, you get to go in, in, in once a week and actually um, get some of the benefits of what they offer, including, including I believe, they still do this, um, the ability to... To, to gain college credits through your high school education. I mean, that is just like, we didn't have that back when I was in high school. You know, I'm thinking to myself, what a deal. You know, to work hard, get a good education, take advantage of the opportunities to even get college credit while you're still in high school. Oh my gosh, parents, let's, let's do what we can to get our kids ready because here's the deal. When we launch them, when they become adults, when they're 18 and older, right? That, that, I mean, we can argue about when they're adults till the cows come home. But when they're 18, according to the civil law and the civil uh, 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 precepts by which you know, we live, um, there's an aspect of that person is now an independent adult. And what we want to do is shape our kids, get them ready, so that when they launch out into their lives, they can jump right into a college or a trade school and continue gaining power 
through education. Our kids deserve a great education, and our kids deserve the best paying jobs out there. Why not? Why shouldn't our kids in the body of Messiah be the ones that get solid educations, rise up, get great jobs, great places of influence as we influence the world around us through our careers? Knowledge is power. Education is a strong value within the scriptures. It's a part of the way that we gain power in our lives. Now, the evil one, sneaky, sneaky, has a lot of strategies to take us out, each of us. He has plans to take us out, to derail us from our destinies. He and his fallen angels and demons are at work all around us. Think about it, right? Look at the attack on our sexual integrity. Look, look, at, look at pornography today versus what it was decades ago and how rampant it is, how perverted it is, and how easily accessible it is for everyone, especially kids. There's an attack on our sexual integrity. And we have to take back our ground, stand our ground, resist evil. That means we got to do something about this. We must take back our ground of sexual identity, sexual dignity, and sexual integrity. And we must teach our children and teach them well related to sexuality. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of great resources out there. Focus on the Family is one, one of the great ones. And then there's also another one, uh, Family Research Council, another great uh, website. But there's a lot out there for us as families to use and to gain so we can actually shape our children and do a good job preparing them in a world that has turned those ideas upside down. And through that, have brought a lot of misery, confusion, misery, and even an acceleration of homicides and suicides related to that brokenness. So we have to lay claim on what sexual integrity looks back, looks like and take it back, take it back, starting with our children first and then influencing the, the different institutions within our land that relate to uh, education. Look at the attack on marriage. You know, the ever-climbing divorce rates, it's unbelievable. And even the lack of, of marriage, you know, just, just I mean, why, why get married when you can live together, you know? Big attack on marriage. We have to focus on building strong marriages. Our kids deserve it. Our kids need it. It's not just about mom and dad. It's about our kids, right? Our society deserves and needs strong marriages. What are you doing to build your marriage? What are you doing to build your marriage? It's yours. And it has such an impact on everyone around you, especially your kids, but wider than that. So husband, what are you doing? What are your goals? What are your plans? What are the things that you're actually doing proactively to be a better husband, 
to do a better job loving and providing for your wife. And wives, what are you doing? Do you have plans? Do you have objectives? Are you working towards being a better wife? In what practical way do you do that? What amount of time do you invest in that? It's your marriage. This is how we take a stand against evil, by being proactive in walking in the ways of God, building strong marriages. So get a good plan with goals and objectives and never, ever underestimate what a good marriage counselor can do for your marriage if you're in a crisis. Never underestimate that. It's very, very powerful what a good marriage counselor can do. Invest in your marriage. Don't take it for granted. Look at the way the enemy is attacking our livelihoods. Right? You're required to work harder for less money. That's That's what big corporations do. They require you to work harder for less money. It's like Pharaoh in Egypt. It's no different than what it was in Egypt. Remember what Pharaoh said? He says, you got to make the same amount of bricks, but, this, but now you have to go out and gather your own straw. So, so he was saying, same quota, you got to work, but now you got to work harder to make the same for the same, what? Measly amount of money that basically they lived in poverty. Yeah. That's how the beast system works. That's how the enemy works. He wants to bring about poverty versus prosperity. God's plan is prosperity. Now, I know there's Christians that are saying that that's not true. And the the problem is, is most Christians don't read the Old Testament, so they wouldn't know God's heart concerning prosperity. But anyway, that's another sermon for another day. Okay. Think about the increased taxes. You feeling that? You will this year. Higher inflation, yeah, third and fourth quarter, recession's coming. Increased layoffs, joblessness, it's Egypt all over again. We've had three major bank failures recently. That touches all of our lives, by the way. These are the biggest bank failures since since the 2008 uh, fiasco. And who's going to bail them out? Bail who out? The bankers? The wealthy elites? Why did they get a bailout? No, 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 they, they messed it up. They messed up their own investment portfolios. That's on them. What? Do you get bailed out when you make financial mistakes in your household? Do you, you don't get, no, not at all. But here are the wealthy elites of the world. And they just gamble like they're at Vegas. And then they get a bailout from who? You and me, the workers, the wage earners. We have to bail out the rich, Egypt, all over again. Think about it, right? We're over there pouring in. I think we've committed to one, I think it's $192 billion to the Ukraine to fight over their borders. Well, we neglect our borders in the South. Now, now I know people are saying, oh, you're getting political. Yeah, Torah is all about politics. God's all about politics. The fentanyl crisis coming in, do you know how many people that kills every year in America? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This whole opioid crisis has turned into a fentanyl crisis that's getting worse and worse and worse. It's touching all of our lives. The human trafficking, think about that. The growing lawlessness all around us, the, the crime surge. Yeah, the last days are filled with lawlessness. The spirit of the end times is lawlessness. We're seeing that just rise up all around us. The enemy is attacking our faith, even our churches. The targeted shutdowns of our churches, while they allowed pot shops and strip clubs to stay open, the evidence is clear. It's the beast system. It's the rulers and principalities of this world that hate God and hate his people. So they protect the strip clubs and the pot shops and they closed us down? I mean, we've got to wake up, right? We've got to wake up and say, no, no more. We're the church. We're the body of Messiah. We're the people of God. Have you ever heard of Israel? You should read the Exodus one more time, leaders. Because we are not going to allow you to do this. We're going to take a stand. We're going to resist. We're going to say no to your lawlessness. Not only for our sakes and our families, but for the sake of the nations we live in. We need to wake up and realize that we're in a war. A war that's been waging for a long, long time. And now it is accelerating like never before. We need to defeat the enemy or be defeated. There's only two options here. Defeat or be defeated. Get our game on. Get the armor of God on. And go on to overcome this evil or be subdued by it and enslaved in it. Only two choices. Our God made us in his image and he made us free because he is free. We take for granted our right to speak freely. We take for granted our right to exercise our religion. We take for granted our medical freedom that's based on informed consent. And look what the enemy does. Look how that gets whittled away. What about our children? What rights will they have as they grow up? What about the right and opportunity to own your own property in your own home? Look at how elusive that is. Or the right to move about freely and to associate with whomever we choose. These are rights that God has given to us that we see in the liberation of Israel as they go into the promised land. If we rise up and put on the full armor of God and receive power, we will triumph over these wicked powers, this menacing kingdom and these lawless agendas again our primary battle just like it was in egypt our primary battle is not against people but against the evil one and his fallen angels the fallen elohim the fallen gods and their demonic agencies so again let's learn from what 
our ancestors went through in Egypt when they were slaves. This is the instructions given to them on the night that they're going to be delivered from Egypt. It's Passover, Nisan the 14th. Exodus 12, 11 through 12. Now you shall eat it in this manner with your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Verse 12, for I will go through the land of Egypt on that night and I will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt to both man and beast and against all the what? All the gods of Egypt. I'm, I'm going to judge these elite rulers who have oppressed my people, but I'm also going to judge the Elohim of Egypt, these fallen angels that are ruling and reigning through the elites and oppressing my people. They were the real threats. He says, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. They were enslaved to an evil empire, but they readied themselves to come out of the domain of evil. And that evil were the spiritual gods that were oppressing them, the fallen Elohim, Genesis 6. That's where it all began. And these fallen gods had earthly representatives, Pharaoh and his government officials. And in order to break free, the people of Israel had to count the cost and prepare for battle. Many of them said, no, we're not going to do it. It can't be done. Many of them said, no, Moses, go away. It'll never happen. We have nothing. We're, we're broken, oppressed. We have, we, have, we have a hoe and a rake. You know, this is the super military power. It's not going to happen. Others said, no, no. We might have to give our lives. But freedom is worth it. Being free is worth it. And they prepared. They prepared for battle. How many people saw, saw the movie Gods and Kings? Ah, okay, I'm your pastor. Go watch Gods and Kings. It's an amazing portrayal of what they had to do to get ready to, over, to, to, to flee from Egypt and get free of Egypt. The anxiety, the stress, the pain, the, everything that went into that was necessary. They had to rise up above it to have a chance to be free. It's a beautiful, beautiful illustration of the cost of being free. Imagine the courage it would take for our ancestors to find the faith to overcome this wicked superpower and this world-renowned military. Only with God's intervention would they overthrow the superpowers. That's why Paul says you need to receive power from the Lord because you and I, in and of ourselves, we could never turn around the wickedness in this nation. The power, the money, the, the laws, everything, it's so enormous. There's no way to turn this around except if the Lord intervenes. And if he goes to intervene and you and I have not received power from him, we've not readied ourselves, how will we run with him in that day? All that we learn in Egypt of old is what we're learning to apply today because we're living under the same rulers 
that they lived under back in Egypt. The gods of Egypt are the gods of America. The fallen ones are still with us today, doing the same work they've always done whenever empires arise. That's exciting, though, isn't it? That's exciting. I I watch Gods and Kings, and I'm saying to myself, man, I wonder what that's going to look like in the future when God judges these wicked rulers once again. Ephesians 6.12. This is not a wrestling match against a human opponent. We are wrestling with rulers and authorities and powers who govern this world of darkness. Our opponents are not human beings. No, our opponents are spiritual entities who are influencing these human beings that are then putting together an agenda from the evil one to oppress us. If you attack the human agencies, you're not going to win the battle because it's the fallen gods who are precipitating all of this. Our warfare is with them. If we can do warfare against them and set them back, causing them to flee, then we have a chance to persuade our fellow human beings to return to the Lord and establish righteousness in our nations. We are wrestling with rulers and authorities and powers who govern this world of darkness and spiritual forces that control evil in the heavenly world. The true enemy, the serpent, and the ones that he has seduced, and the demons, which are a separate category of divine beings. All of these, this apparatus of evil, is designed to take down our world, to destroy our lives. The enemy hates God and hates his creation, especially hates his people. And these fallen gods again, and these wicked demons work through their earthly representatives to bring about evil in our world, misery, suffering, and death. And we're called to do what? The exact opposite. To bring healing, to bring peace, to bring joy, to bring prosperity. We do that through the gospel and through the power of the Spirit of God. These fallen gods and wicked demons, yeah, they're, they're not going to stop unless confronted and forced to stop. I'm going to conclude with verse 13 of Ephesians 6. Paul says this, For this reason, take up all the armor that God supplies. Then you will be able to take a stand during these evil days. Once you have overcome all obstacles, you will be able to stand your ground. In order to stand our ground, we're going to need the full armor of God. Not, not, not a piece here and a piece there you're going to have to have the full armor of God. There's a number of pieces that go into that, and you have to be familiar with each piece and how to use that and what it represents and how to flow in it. 
when all that comes together, you and I, we're invincible. You and I, we're free from the ability of the demons and, 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 and the fallen gods to seduce us, to hurt us, to do all this stuff. In fact, we're the ones that are going to push evil back into its hole. And that's what God's counting on. You and me to take on his armor and to join him in this battle to overcome evil. Anything short of the full armor of God puts us in grave danger. It says here that we must overcome and remove all obstacles. What's an obstacle? It's a bondage to any particular sin. So if there's, we all have sin, but I'm talking about being enslaved by a particular sin. If you're enslaved to a particular sin, that's going to hold you back. You'll never overcome evil. You're already handicapped. So you and I, what we got to do is we got to say, Lord, is there any sins that we're like in bondage to that has a grip on us that we're like, you know, not in control of? It controls us. And if there is, free me, Lord. Free me. I want to be free from that. You can liberate me. Show me how to get out of this. Break the bondage and set me free. When we do, do, deal with our baggage and get free of our addictions and our bondage, man, I'll tell you what, we are dangerous. We are dangerous. I'm telling you right now, right? And once you get free of that and are able to put on the full armor of God, you become a shaker and a mover for the kingdom of heaven. Then we're able to stand our ground. And stand we will. It's our divine right. It is our destiny. So let's prepare ourselves to go and take down some strongholds in our lives, in our families, in our communities, and in our nation for the glory of what is good and wholesome, the kingdom of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's it. Shabbat shalom.